Hey, what's going on, Internet? This is Andrew with Ancient Ways for Modern Days. want to take a moment to say thank you for listening and participating in all the great content that we put out. Now, it being August, Mike and myself, we are on vacation, we are doing some traveling, but we wanted to make sure that you still had great content to point you to the Lord. So, what we have done is that we looked through our library of podcasts, and we're bringing to you one of our favorite series that we did a couple years ago. What you're going to be listening to now is going to be a recording we did a couple years ago about the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. When we did it, we thought it was incredibly edifying, and we hope that you find value in it today. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 49 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Mike, I, I got to Check the calendar. Is this our first official podcast of the year? Or, did we rec- or was last Monday? We had one drop on Monday. We had one drop Monday, but did we, we recorded our last one on the 31st, right? Right. We recorded last one last year. Okay. So this is actually our first recording. There we go. Of 2021. So here we are, and I'm excited to be here. Mike, how are you today? Good. Good, it, man. Actually, you talked about that because we were talking about what we were going to do on New Year's Eve. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Did you actually end up staying up late with your kids? I did. Oh, We nice. stayed up late. We uh, watched fireworks go off. We watched some fun shows, played some games. Everyone stayed up except for Asher, who was uh, asleep on the couch about 10, 10, 15. Oh, that's all right. He, he, could, he could do what I do and just celebrate at East Coast time. Yeah. You know, I made that joke last week or whenever we did that podcast last, and there were actually quite a few people who were like, you know what? Mountain Standard Time is good enough for me. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I pitched it to my kids. They had none of it, though. That's cool. You, you told me, though, I, I think you told me or maybe someone told me that uh, your neighbors – we're kind of taking revenge on, yeah. on people. So I love... Okay, so tell, tell the story. Okay. I, I love well, this. You know, fireworks are going off at 12, 1230, 1 a.m. And, yeah. and then it kind of fizzled out and people start to fall asleep. Well, I think I have some neighbors that are early, early risers and they wanted revenge on all those folks staying up late. So at like 530 on the first, they were out there lighting off fireworks. <laughs> like, it's time to go. It's the new year. Let's get after it. <laughs> that makes me excited. I want to do that next year. I just... Oh, uh, I love the uh, the antagonism of that. <laughs> pretty funny. It's <laughs> good. It's pretty funny. That is so funny. Well, right, here we are. So we're we're recording, and you know things are going well. Uh, I feel like for us as a church, things are in full swing. You know, I think just this week we were just coming into the new year, and you know how like during the holiday season, a lot of things kind of come to a halt. We're like, hey, let's not meet. Let's not do this. My life group is like, hey, let's wait for a little bit. And it just seemed like this week, every, everything was like, hey, we're back. And all of a sudden, my calendar went from being busy because of a couple big things to busy because there's 100 million small things now yeah. that need I, to happen. I added some of those things. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. But <laughs> it's, uh, it feels good. It feels good to be back and full swing. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for what the Lord is going to do in and through us. And honestly, I, I'm excited. I, I, there is a person in my life that I'm watching grow, and as he hears... God speak to him, man, he, I, I'm seeing repentance. I'm seeing a desire to learn and to grow. And I see him rising up and reading the word. And that, that's exciting for me. It's you cool, know. man. I, I will, I'll piggyback on that. So I sent out this uh, Monday memo uh, this week saying, Hey, if yeah. you're on the board with the Valley reading plan, just 
send me a quick response and say I'm in. And I had a bunch of people just that respond, hey, I'm in. And uh, it was super encouraging. We had some folks that say, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable coming back to church yet, but I've been listening online and I finished last year's reading plan and, and I'm in for this year. And yeah. just folks that even we don't get to see regularly or even hear from have responded saying, we're with you. We're doing it. We're excited about what God's doing. And so I, I'm, it's fun to watch God do cool stuff. That's cool. You know, so speaking about God just doing cool things, can, can I share a story about youth group yeah. last night? So last night was our first youth group of the year. We typically take kind of the last couple of weeks of the winter off. Um, maybe sometimes we'll do like a Christmas thing, but then we take a couple of weeks and then bam, we're here for the new year. And, uh, you know, it, I was a little nervous. We had a lot of momentum uh, going into the school year of 2020. 2021, I'm like, man, we took a couple of weeks off and kids are flaky. So who knows who's going to be back? A bunch of kids came back and it was cool. But the coolest thing, the coolest thing had to do with a student who showed up off the streets just a couple of months ago. She started attending and one day she had like some pentagrams uh, on her face and she, she herself, before, before anyone asked, was like, hey, actually, maybe the church doesn't want me doing this. She actually talked to a couple of leaders and the leaders like encouraged her to be like, you know, maybe we just don't do that here. Well, last night, last night, she, she found me and she's like, hey, you know, I, I really want to know what your thoughts are on the, on the pentagram. I've been doing some more conversations. And I walked her through how that, you know, originates with the pagan and satanic rituals and how it, it has been adopted lately by, by Wiccan practices and how it's, 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 it's trying to be turned into like this new age thing. And she's like, yeah, 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 I read about that. And I read how it's, it's about like earth, wind, fire. I feel like Captain Planet stuff, you know, like... <laughs> You know, With our forces combined. That's right. You know, and uh, what was cool about that? What's cool about that? She wants to talk more about that later. because she, she mentioned something on her way out, but she wants to learn more and she wants my opinion. But she also wants to know like what, like how that conflicts with the Bible. And what I'm excited about is that she's o- so open to scripture and what the Bible teaches that I, I'm, I'm excited to walk her through uh, the Ten Commandments, essentially Egypt and how when God took the people of Egypt who grew up, that whole generation grew up with like the God of the sun, the God of the river, the God of death and all these things. And God established and said, I am the Lord. I am the creator of all these things. So I, I'm excited to walk with her to, to show her like, hey, you know, earth, fire, wind, all these things are amazing, but they actually point to something greater than that. And just to kind of see where that conversation goes, I share this because, I, man, we are engaging lives. We are engaging lives in the community and there are students who are hungry to know truth. It's really remarkable that, you know, you you step back and you remember there's spiritual warfare happening over the lives of every person. And there are those outside of Christ that God and his kindness has provided a path for them to, to know a Christian, to know a church, to know a group of believers that are safe where, man, this gal can come ask some questions and, you know, by God's spirit, like the blinders can be removed and she can come to know what is real truth and where real hope is found. What a beautiful thing, I, man. And I love that we are a church, that especially uh, shout out to our, our youth leaders. I love that we just didn't like condemn her for, for that. We, we walked with, we stood where scripture says, but we weren't instantly like, you, you don't belong here. This is not the kind of things that we do and all that stuff. But we, man, we have created an opportunity for her to just engage and com- have a com- conversation. And man, I'm praying for her. So I, if you're listening to this, I, I ask that you pray, pray for that conversation as yeah. time goes. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> So, yeah, good things are happening. That's cool, man. It's cool we connected to the Ten Commandments because, I mean, that's kind of where we are right now yeah. as a church in our series. We just launched it last week. This this is going to be uh, dropping after week two of it. And, uh, you know, we started it with talking about what the, what the law does. 
The mm-hmm. law points us to the gospel. And this, uh, you know, this is going to drop after a weekend where we're talking about how the law, it leads us in love. And really kind of behind those commandments, we're going to see actually God's heart as a uh, God of love, a God who wants us to walk in his love and how these standards really do show us that. And so I'm, I'm already excited about this weekend. That's going to be good, man. And, hey, you know what? I, you didn't ask, but I, I really enjoyed the last week's sermon. Um, I really appreciated just the, the precision of how to dissect the, the three types of laws there were. I challenged myself to take notes uh, with my laptop in service this, this last weekend. I'm going to keep, keep doing that. But I, just so that everybody knows, like, uh, we actually have printouts or we, we have an email that goes out that Linda sends out that people can print and bring to service or listen online and fill in the blanks. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I just encourage people to engage. Don't be passive, man. But if you want to grow in your faith, like, put, put work into it, you know, like, write notes, write questions. Because then, then if you're paying attention, you're probably going to read something or something, if you hear something that frustrates you. Great. Bring it up. Ask a question. Let's engage in this. That's, that's good for you. Yeah. So yeah. it really is, you know, active listening yeah. in sermon and spiritual listening in the sermon. We can maybe do a podcast about that later. Yeah. Those would be good topics. But uh, also those notes go out on Monday in our Monday memo yeah. and they go yeah. out completed with a link to the, the message. So you can always listen to it again or listen to it for the first time if you didn't. And starting, uh, well, yesterday, this past weekend, um, we actually had, we're going to have those notes printed out. In, in services oh, that's available right. yeah. Yeah. and accessible. Um, just, we feel like we're missing an opportunity to give people resource. We want to resource people with God's word. That's right. We want them to be able to handle it. And, you know, sometimes we take notes and we tuck them away and we don't see them for months. And then we have a thought, Oh, I heard something about this issue I'm dealing with. And people have that resource they can go back yeah. to. And so it's kind of our heart. That'd be good. All right, Mike. Uh, so last week we started talking about the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. So just as a recap, Jonathan Edwards is probably the most prolific American theologian, right? He is, he, he is the Mac daddy of just American theologians. And he, yeah. he's, he's considered the greatest for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh interesting guy. Yep. But. Yep. And at a young age, in his twenties, right? He wrote down, I think you said 70 resolutions. I think things that he resolved towards things that he was very intentional about. So last week we looked at the mission of his life uh, categorically because he, he has 70 of them. They, now that's here in the future, we, we take the 70 and we arrange them in categories. Yeah. So this week we're looking at time management or at least his thoughts on time, mm-hmm. right? Um, are, you, are you ready to kind of walk us through? I, I'm, actually, I'm very excited about what you have here. Uh, you wrote these words like react versus uh, respond and plan. Man, that speaks to me. You, you hear me use that language. Yep. All the time. That's something that I, I bang that drum all the time. Yeah. So. I mean, well, let's, when we talk about time, people think about time in all sorts of different ways, right? I think the default way of thinking about time is to not think about it much at all. Yeah. The default way to think about time is people just, they don't, they don't think about it. And so they, they simply go through life. They try to keep up. They, oftentimes they run from one emergency or one issue to another and they don't stop yeah. and actually plan out where they're headed and what they want to do. And this is where I actually wrote in the notes, you know, Andrew, you, you talk about, you know, reacting versus responding or reacting versus planning, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about my younger days, I, you know, you just kind of, you go with the flow and that's not always the healthiest thing. It, it causes you to always be behind. Yeah. And, um, I think I've learned over time that that doesn't really work if I want to be productive, if I want to be effective, if I want to be successful in life, just kind of like flying by the sweet seat of my pants, it doesn't go very far. I've just learned that if you live your life constantly reacting to the next big thing that, that's happening in your life, well, if you planned it, some of those things don't become big things. But 
just constantly going from one thing to the next to the next brings me a lot of uh, anxiety and exhaustion. And kind of like Dave Ramsey, he talked about like if you if you have a budget for your money and you you know like you're going to spend money on your tires and all these things like that, you, you it's cared for, it's taken care of. Yeah, you still will have an emergency here and there, but man, the stress of everything else goes away because you've already planned for it. Yep. So. And that's one way to do it. Another way people approach time is they just manage it for like their own leisure and their own entertainment. So they, they maximize their time management for selfishness, right? So it's all about me and like, hey, you know, I got to do this, these many hours at work or, you know, I've got to, you know, maybe I've got to tuck my kid in at night. But then after I can go and play my video games or after I can go and watch my show or, or you know, even like more socially like positive things like after I can go read or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And, uh, and so they manage it for themselves. And sometimes this even leads into kind of overmanaging it. Like all of their life is managed down to the second and it's all about productivity and it's all about profit versus, you know, maybe recognizing how we're meant to use our time, you know? And that's actually, you, you talk about someone who overmanages their time. Usually when someone pushes back on me about being intentional with their time, this is what they're citing. They don't want to like, oh, I don't want to be the person that like micromanages every minute of your life. There's no joy. Where's the spontaneous, joyous parts of life in that? And like, that's not what we're getting. Cause that's, that's unhealthy too. Yeah. Right. So I think about that. That's like the, the, the workaholic, right? Yeah. And, and I, I think I struggle with that at times too. Like, uh, to, to manage my time means I need to know when to turn off the laptop and go home mm-hmm. and go be with my family and to invest in those relationships that just are so important to me. Right. And so this is kind of all a balance. And so then we get to, okay, well, what does the scripture say about time management? And, you know, we can talk about this quite a bit, but I just want to start with a few passages of scripture that I think frame the entirety of the conversation, okay. a few passages of scripture that frame it and remind us of, of, I guess, how time is fleeting and how our lives are fleeting. Uh, why don't you go ahead and read? Uh, we got two here. Psalm, one, or Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. Why don't you read that one for us? Yeah, okay. Oh, Lord, make me know, sorry. Oh, Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths and my lifetime is, a, is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Yeah. So this is uh, in comparison to the eternal God, mankind is like a breath, right? And, and so it's make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. The other passage that almost says the same thing, but in a more succinct way, Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So you take these two combined, right? And you see God's eternality versus man's temporalness, right? Mm-hmm. We are not limitless. God is. But then you, you see this instruction that we are to number our days. This is simply put to consider the reality that you do not have an endless amount of time in this life. So and because it is limited, it, me- it makes each day precious, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's the idea of consequences. You chose the idea, like if, whatever you choose to do your time with, you're saying that's whatever the 90 years I have, this is what was important to me. And it's not, it's, it's, it is fleeting. And so we need to make sure that we're making the most of our time and making sure that we're choosing things correctly. Yeah. You think about the average lifespan, right? And I think I, I heard it's in the seventies, mm-hmm. right? For guys and gals, it's in the seventies. Gals usually live longer than, than guys. But if you think about that, let's just, let's just round up, let's say 80, right? If the average lifespan is 80 years old, some people compare it to a clock. Yeah. If your life begins and it's, you know, you just midnight, very beginning of the day, right? Well, that means I'm approaching 40, right? That means I'm, I'm right about noon, 
I'm, I'm closing into the halfway marker if I happen to live 80 years. Now, who knows, right? Like um, people die all the time in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s and their, and their teens, right? And so this reality that, that our life is not guaranteed the next day's not guaranteed. And even if, you know, top end 80 years, maybe a hundred years, it, it's about half over for some of us. Maybe it's closer to the end for some of us. And so we have to be very intentional to say, I need to, I need to number my na- days. I need to recognize I don't get forever on earth. So how do I want to live according to that? Mm-hmm. And this is that next part of that verse. It says, um, do this so that we may get a heart of wisdom. Well, what's a heart of wisdom? A heart of wisdom says, I want to spend my days living for the the God who gives me every single day. I want to live in a way that aligns with, we can think about God's standard, God's law, God's moral principles. I want to live my life in in light of God's priorities in terms of people and caring for others and, and having an impact for the gospel. And that's, I think, what we see reflected in Jonathan Edwards in his resolutions about time. Now, we got, we got a bunch of resolutions about time. I didn't count them, um, but I broke them up into different categories. And so typically they're thought of this category of time, but I kind of like group them because they, they say similar things. They're, they're a little bit repetitive in, in some of them. And uh, so I group them and I just want to start. I think one of his major themes is <clears throat> to resolve to make the most of your time. <laughs> Pretty simple. Make the most of your time. And so we've got uh, resolution number five and resolution 18. Uh, Why don't you read? Why don't you just read both of those? Yeah, okay. Uh, Number five. Resolved never to lose one moment of time, but improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Make the most of time, right? And then 18. Resolved to live so at all times, as I think is my best in my most devout frames, and when I have the clearest notions of the things of the gospel and another world. Yeah, so really accessible language, right? <clears throat> Let, let's that was tra- hard. Let's translate this a little bit. Yeah. When, when he talks about his devote frames, that's a, I mean, what's your devote frame? It's in those moments in life when you are actually living as you should for the glory of God. And then the clearest notions of things of the gospel and another world, those are the moments where your mind is most aligned with God's word and God's perspective. And so you're living in light of what God's called you to do. And so this is, I mean, just to kind of make it clear, this is to say, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to make the most of my time in light of who God is and who I am in the gospel. So Resolution number one, if we're going to say we have a time resolution, it's to, to live in light of, of my relationship with God. Um, simply, I mean, what am I trying to say here? How often do we kind of just piddle our time away? Yeah. How often do we live in light of not our devote frames, but those moments where we're undevoted or those moments when we're devoted to ourself or to our entertainment? You know, I, I read... Resolve eighteen, resolution eighteen. The word frame is like how you see the world through, and like in this, how often do we not see the world through the lens of the gospel and how the way God sees it? And we spend most of our time just how we would always see things, right? Most of our life is us trying to adopt the views of God as we grow. And this also reminds me of resolution three that we talked about last week, where he says, you know, when he wakes up and when he realizes, like, I've not been doing what I need to to wake up though and to repent. And go back so so that he can use the most of his time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll, I'll be honest. There there are times I'm like uh, so in the last like month and a half, I've been uh, playing a lot of uh, Nintendo, Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
So if you ever wonder what I'm doing, like about nine o'clock at night, that's probably what I'm doing. And there have been a couple times in my day where I like, I just, I'll, I'll just be thinking about me. I'll be thinking about what I want to do in this digital world that means honestly nothing. And then there are moments where I'll get a text or something and I'll just wake up and just kind of realize like, there is much more happening right now. There's, there are students that need, that want to be talked to. There are people who want to be prayed over. There is a lesson to, to get ready for. And in that moment, I feel like I come to myself and I was like, I'm not living for the gospel right now. Not to say that leisure time is bad, but how much I am to exp- like allowing that to take over is something that I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know? Things like uh, television really can do the same thing, right? Oh, yeah. I think it's so easy to get in that habit of, you know, you put the kids to bed and you watch TV or whatever. And, you know, we've, we've kind of leaned away from that this last year quite a bit. And so now, you know, put the kids to bed and, and I read or I go to bed so I can get up early the next day and get after it. You know, and, um, you know, once kids are in bed, it's kind of like, OK, what, what is my purpose? Is it just me time or, or am I preparing to, to live for the Lord, especially the next day? Um, so that's like the, the first idea is just resolve to make the most of my time in light of God's glory. Mm-hmm. In light of the gospel, Jesus died and rose again to save me. I want to spend my time honoring that and living for him and making an impact. And the next kind of grouping then is, is uh, to resolve to live with no regrets. Hmm. So let's, let's just kind of go back and forth here. Number seven says resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Okay, number 17. Okay, uh, 17 is resolved that I will live so as I shall wish I had done when I come to die. So kind of a same theme. Yeah. Number 52, he actually has a little bit of a preface here. He says, I frequently hear persons in old age say how they would live if they were to live their lives over again. Resolved that I will live just as I think I can, th- just so, as I think I shall wish I had done, supposing I live to old age. Okay. And then 61. Uh, resolved that I will not give way to that listlessness which I find unbends and relaxes my mind from being fully and fixedly set on religion. Whatever excuse I may have for it, that what my listlessness inclines me to do is best to be done. Yeah. I, I did not intentionally give you the, another one with... Old, old these language, are but also wordy, <laughs> but let's, you know, if we were to break these four apart mm-hmm. and, and just kind of talk about each of them individually, the first one, he, he's basically saying, I want to have no regrets in my current action. If it's my last action, right? If what I'm doing right now is the last thing I'm doing before I die, is this really what I want to be spending my time doing? Right. Mm-hmm. This goes back to how I spend my evenings. Mm-hmm. This goes back to if I'm pursuing something sinful, um, do, do I want to die in a moment where I'm not honoring God? Right. I really don't. And the next one is, is basically no regrets and leaving something undone. And so this idea, is there anything I wish I would have done before I died? And I don't want to leave anything undone, right? So is there, is there a relationship that I have uh, that's tense yeah. that I have not mended, right? Is, you know, is there a good deed that's been placed on my heart? Is there serving someone that I want to serve and I just haven't done it for whatever reason? Do I want to leave that undone? Mm-hmm. And so this, again, no regrets, no regrets. And my, if my current action is my last, no regrets in leaving something undone. The third one is no regrets in thinking about what I want to look back and see in the end. Right. And so this is, I mean, he, he heard people say this in the 1700s. We've heard people say this in our life, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. If someone's older in age and they say, man, I wish I would have lived this way. Yeah, if, like, if they, they say things like, man, if I could just go back yeah. and try that again or something. 
And I like that he, he has placed himself in the future and said, whatever I'm doing now, I want to make sure whatever I'm doing now doesn't cause me to say 40 years from now, man, I wish I would have done that differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I go home and, uh, you know, I want to go watch TV or something and my kids are all playing as an old man, when I die, do I want to look back and say, Oh man, I wish I would have played with my kids or hung out with my kids mm-hmm. or thrown the ball with my kids versus gone and watch TV or gone and done some kind of, you know, leisure thing that I like to do for myself. Like that's a big on my heart right now. I want to make sure I'm, I'm spending time with the family while they're in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one, he talks about listlessness and th- this is uh, no regrets in being by being listless. And this, what this is that? What is listlessness? Yeah, this is living without interest, without without passion. It's it's a spiritless kind of uh, living, and so so just existing in a, in a way. Yeah, just being there. Yeah, kind okay. of like blah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, sometimes our emotions are blah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our emotions are somewhat despondent, right? And one of the descriptions you, you can see of this is is like a listless handshake. You ever said someone come to shake your hand and they don't like squeeze at all? It's just like a dead fish in your hand, you know. And that, that's that's an uncomfortable handshake, yeah. right? It's weird, right? Where there's no effort there, you're just holding a yeah, yeah. And so this listlessness is is runs the spectrum from just living a life of boredom, like I'm, I'm, I'm apathetic toward everything. And even it covers kind of like when you start leaning into depression, like, you know, everything's pointless and what, why would I even try? And I, I'm just overwhelmed with my emotions and, and, and hear me clearly the, the, these are real emotions. And this is a battle. This is a battle. I think most in ministry face. There's times when I feel this way. I, I think Jonathan Edwards wrote this because there were probably times when he felt this way. And yet the resolution is to not allow that define how I spend my time, not allow these emotions, even when they're overwhelming to define how I'm living. And for me, this, this lands back to, uh, kind of what's becoming my, my banner verse for the year. Uh, first Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, therefore, I, therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast and movable, right? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Here's why knowing that in the Lord, your labor is never in vain. If I'm honest, there's times where it's like, man, am I even making a difference in the things I'm doing? I think about times in parenting. There's been times where it's like, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. God, am I actually, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a father with my kids? There's been seasons like that and it's discouraging and it's kind of heart-wrenching, right? But what this verse promises is that whenever we're doing it in the name of the Lord, when we're trying to have sincere heart, sincere faith, good intentions, trying to do the right thing. It is never in vain. It might simply be we're, we're planting or we're watering or we're weeding, um, but it's never in vain. And so this is like that no regrets in how I live, especially when things aren't working out well. And I'm, I'm kind of tempted toward being dispassionate. No, continue to, to live with no regrets in light of who God is. Right. Yeah. I like that because in the idea of listlessness, when you get kind of blase about things, it's Oftentimes you're, you're living a life based on how you feel about things, but the word of God is still true. And so when there are passions come from, from the word of God, regardless of how you feel, we we're called to keep moving forward, right? Even if you feel like it's in vain, but it's the God's word said it's not in vain. I go back to this phrase all, all the time, right? But, uh, our feelings are real, but they're not always true. 
That's right. So when, I, when I'm feeling upset, that's a real feeling. I, I'm feeling upset because, you know, Andrew gave me a funny look or something and he hurt my feelings. Which I do all whatever. the time. Yeah. And, and yet, um, what's true behind that? Well, my feeling might be, well, Andrew doesn't like me, this and that, right? Well, maybe it's Andrew had indigestion. <laughs> Which also happens. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> right. you, you understand what I'm saying, though? Yeah. This is a, kind of a funny example, but, but we read situations the wrong way all the time. It causes our feelings to act in a certain way. But what's actually true? This goes back to the heart of the gospel. I'm saved not because of the strength of my faith, but because of the strength of my Savior. And so in those moments where I'm doubting my salvation, those are feelings and those are real and those are heavy. And yet what is true? Jesus died and rose again. That's right. Period, right? So, I mean, this is, uh, we could go on and on about this, but this is just so so beautiful, right? Yeah. Don't live in light of your emotions. Live in light of what's true. Um, the, the, the next resolution then is, uh, resolved, uh, to live in light of eternity. And we got a, a list of them here. We've got, uh, 19, 50, 51, and 55. Um, I'll, I'll I was gonna say just for anybody who's listening and wondering, uh, these, these resolutions are linked to the podcast. So if you want to just click on the link on this, you can, you can read along with us. Yep. So 19 says resolved never to do anything, which I should be afraid to do. If I had expected it would not be above an hour before I should hear the last trumpet. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that language in yeah. a minute. Go ahead. Next one. Uh, 50 resolved that I will act. So as I think I shall judge when, ha- when would have been best and most prudent when I come into the future world. 51, resolved that I will act so in every respect as I think I shall wish I had done if I should at last be damned. And then 55, resolved to endeavor to my utmost so to act as I can think I should do if I had already seen the happiness of heaven and hell torments. Yeah, so big language again, but all of this is really saying... We need to resolve to live in light that the end is coming. Live in light of eternity with God, right? And so the first one, he says, if it should not be above an hour before I should hear the last trumpet, he's basically saying, if Christ were to return and it's less than an hour before Christ returns, I want to live in light of that. It's kind of like saying earlier, like in light of if I only have an hour left to live, but now it's not just I'm going to die, but Christ is going to return. And he says, if it's, if right now, right, would I feel okay podcasting right now mm-hmm. if God, if Christ were to return an hour I would say yes I feel like we're making useful you know yeah. use of our time trying to benefit others and glorify God right and then the other one is um, that I would act so as I think I shall judge would have been best and most prudent when I come into the future world and so this is looking back from eternity at how I lived here on earth it says I want to I want to live now based on what I would know would be best then, right? Yeah. Language is big and whatnot. Speaking of language, he uses some heavy language in the next one. Yeah. You want to read it for us? Is that 51? Yeah. Yeah. Resolved that I will act so in every respect as I think I shall wish I had done if I should at last be damned. All right. So you you and I talked about this one a little bit ahead of time because it's kind of... It's uh, confusing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on this? So my, my take on this is like, so it says... Uh, resolve that I will act so in respect to what I wish I had done if, so it says if at last I should be damned. So I start with the idea of being damned. I I think he's saying like, if I were, if I were to die or if I were to meet my end and realize that I will be damned and I consider the way I live my life that led me to be damned and sent to hell, 
I'm going to live in a way that I wish I would have lived to not lead me yeah. to damnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he kind of takes a long road to get there, but yeah, that, that's, that's ex- I think you're exactly right. And then the last one, <clears throat> resolve to endeavor to my utmost to act as I can think I should do if I had already seen, I love this, the happiness of heaven and the hell torment. So this is saying, uh, if I'm spending every waking moment realizing what's waiting for me in heaven and, and what uh, I'm being saved from with hell, how do I want to live right now? Right. And, 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 and in between these two destinies. Um, and so really what he's saying is I resolve to live in light of eternity. And so for our listeners, I wonder, man, are we living in light of eternity or in light of, you know, when the next vacation is or in light of when, you know, when I get the weekend or in light of whatever kind of earthly pleasure we're looking for? You know, the, I, actually, that kind of brings up a, a possible pushback. I, I, I've talked about these things in the past, and sometimes people will say things like, you know, th- that makes it sound like that the only thing I should ever be doing then is just reading my Bible and praying and being in church. It doesn't sound like I should ever go hike, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't spend time with my kids. Or I, it sounds like I should just always be doing these very pious things. And, uh, well, I, I know what I would say to that. What, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, uh, there is a balance that we really have to get clear in our mind, mm-hmm. right? God gives good things. Yeah. God's a giver of good gifts. He doesn't want us walking through life drudging and, and, you know, hating every moment here on earth. Um, he, he designed the world to be good. Now right. it's marred and it's scarred and all the way into our hearts, but he, he gives us pleasure, yeah. right? He gives us good things. And so the balance is, am I only seeking that mm-hmm. or am I always avoiding that? Right. And I think we've got to be be kind of led by the spirit in this moment as we read the word of God. There have been moments in my life where I think I've kind of been like, uh, you know, self-hating, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't do anything good. I can't do anything fun. I can't enjoy anything at all. Right. That's not how God made us. But there's also been moments in my life where I've I've leaned the other end where I've, I've gotten wrapped up in things that I love and, and I've allowed them to become an idol and I've allowed my pleasure or my joy in certain activities to overshadow the call to live for the gospel. Yeah. I think God's spirit gives us wisdom and how to balance that on an individual basis. Yeah. I, I'll add one more thought. I think sometimes God calls some of us to, to, to live a life really of, of extreme um, sacrifice. Yeah. There are those who go mission field, extreme sacrifice, man, if, if that's, if that's you obey that. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's not you support that, mm-hmm. give toward that lessen that in ways you can like partner with those folks. There are also those God gives in, in his wisdom. He gives wealth and riches and believers. I mean, I've got a friend that he said, Mike's just really easy for me to make money. And it, he makes it easily and well, and he gives generously and he does not live an exorbitantly rich lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think we've got to understand the lot God gives each of us, right? Not all of us are called to be a pastor. Not all of us are called to be a dad or a mom, right? Like, you know, all of us have these different roles. I think if we're reading the scripture with a soft heart and an open mind, God walks us down that path that he has for us. Yeah. To piggyback on what you just said, I I think that's a reminder. We talked about this last week that even if you were not a quote unquote pastor, but you are a mill worker doing all those things, you should be doing your job like as unto the Lord, as in don't separate the gift from the giver. 
you know, if you are spending time with your family, you're taking your kids snowboarding and you're doing all those things. Don't just isolate it to the idea of snowboarding, but connect it back to the Lord and celebrate his goodness and that he has given us the physics, the enjoyment, the ability to go and experience this world that he has created. If you are a musician and you're doing those, don't separate your gift from the giver. God has given you the ability to do this and celebrate him and do so in his name. One of the things I, I loved about uh, John Piper's uh, Desiring God is that it's the idea that all the, what you said, like these gifts, these God is good. He gives us these gifts. These should be tied back to him and let us not forget who is the the one who should be recognized behind what we give. So when we're talking about like living your life in a way that is resolved in the light of eternity, live in the light of eternity. As in when you and I are podcasting right now, this is a joy to fellowship and to discuss. And we do it's that okay. because we love, yeah, okay. no, it's awesome. <laughs> we love the Lord. And we're thinking about eternity in this later today. I'm going to be working out with, with my brother and, and doing all those things. We're in many ways, we're not doing this to necessarily get to get cut and jacked. We're doing this. What's changed me and allowed me to keep going is I do this to celebrate what God has given me and to steward my body in the light of eternity. You know, it's, I don't know, man, it makes it to where like God isn't just like a, uh, like a TV dinner where God is just on Sundays and he's, it's just there, but he's like this gravy that pours out onto like this table or on, on my plate of Thanksgiving. It's just, it's just part of everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think as believers, we, we need to be looking to the scripture. Paul talks about this, right? So he says, uh, Philippians chapter, uh, chapter four, verse 11, he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Mm -hmm. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any, in every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this is that, you know, coffee cup verse. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, right? This is Paul saying as believers, we need to learn how to feast and how to famine. Like there are times when life is thin, resources are, are thin and we're getting by. And yet in that we're content. And there are moments when we feast God's people, like, you know, we, God's, the Israelites were people of feasting, <laughs> you know, we, as believers, we get to carry that on. We get to feast at times. I think about my family dinners. We try to make a big deal about our family dinner. Even if it's something simple, we gather together, we give thanks together, we always try to, I always try to bring some laughter to our dinner table, some seriousness, some conversation. We sing at times at our dinner table. Like this is a moment of, of gratitude and of joy. And it's, it's gathered around a, a delicious meal, right? Like this is a good gift from God. Yeah. So we need to be able to understand both of those. Yeah. So I guess piggybacking or pivoting back, uh, we have a couple more resolutions. Yeah, we have one more category, yeah. and this is to resolve to reflect on how I live. And <clears throat> really helpful. This is basically saying I'm going to be um, introspective. I'm going to I'm going to be self aware about the way I'm spending my time and how I'm living. And so, 37 says resolved to inquire every night as I am going to bed, wherein I have been negligent, what sin I have committed, and wherein I have denied myself. Also, at the end of every week, month, and year. So I'm, before we read the next one, let me break this down a little bit. He's basically saying, I want to look at myself. I want to be introspective every night, and not only every night, but the end of every week, the every end of every month, and the end of every year, where I am being negligent, where I'm not doing what I'm called to do. 
And also where I've denied myself, this is his way of saying where I've been following God and doing what's good. I want to be aware of the places where I'm doing what I'm supposed to and the places where I'm not. This is just a a simple exercise in self-evaluation. And then number 40. Yeah, 40. Resolve to inquire every night before I go to bed whether I have acted in the best way I possibly could with respect to eating and drinking. And this goes back to fasting and, and, and famine or feasting and famine, right? Am I being a glutton? Or am I making such a big deal about food and and my self-denial that I am, you know, being uh, kind of religious or or legalistic about it? Like, am I going too far or, you know, how am I handling even the the basic pleasures of what I'm eating and what I'm drinking, right? Yeah, you know, I I think I'm reading 2021 into this, but it just makes me think of like, are you just eating whatever just because it's it's what's there and you're unhealthy? Because the glutton, like right now, dude, I'm... So by definition, I'm morbidly obese, but like doing so because I spent like 20 years just eating fast food, right? But now I do reflect on like, what am I eating? What am I putting in my body? Um, and that, that's, that's what I'm thinking about when I read 40 is like taking care of yourself. Yeah. And that. It's like, are, are you, you know, desserts every night? Mm-hmm. Are you overindulging in like, even something as basic as like soda? Are you just drinking soda all day? I, I probably need to repent sometimes of the amount of coffee I drink. Like, like, uh, and I think that fast food thing is an interesting, interesting thought because that impacts not just our health, but our, our budget. It does. You know, our, yeah. I, I try to bring a lunch most days of the week and sometimes I don't, but mm-hmm. you know, I try to bring a lunch that way, man, it's so much cheaper to bring leftovers from last night and eat those and be content with that versus going to the drive through Chipotle every day. You know, like. Yeah. This it impacts my health. It impacts my wallet, uh, impacts my family all, all over the place. Yeah. And then number 40 resolved to ask myself at the end of every day, week, month, and year, wherein I could possibly in any respect have done better. Very similar to, to number 37, yeah. but basically the self-evaluation saying, where do I want to improve? Now you and I, we, we, we do this regularly. We kind of have a tool we use. We talk about it before. We use a, a planner mm-hmm. that gives us a daily reflection. It gives us a, a weekly kind of preview and reflection and then quarterly and annually as well. And so this, at least for me, it keeps me on target. It keeps me moving forward and, and just saying, well, what am I doing that I'm supposed to and what am I not? But all of this is our, these are resolutions around how am I using my time? Right. And this ends with just reflecting on it. And so with that, let me, let me just kind of review this and ask our listeners to, to ponder a few of these for a moment, right? The, the first segment was resolved to make the most of my time. Let me ask you, are, are you making the most of your time? Are, are you spending more of your time pursuing your desires or are you spending your time pursuing the things God's called you to? So the secondly then is to resolve to live with no regrets. If you were to look back on how you spent your last week, are you, are you regretful about the way you've spent your time? Uh, along with that then is re- resolve to live in light of eternity. Are you living simply for earthly pleasure and pursuits? Or are you living recognizing that heaven is far greater than anything this earth can provide? That's right. And the next one is resolve to live or to reflect on how I live. And this is just simply saying, do you have a mechanism built into your life where you're actually stopping and saying, how am I doing? How am I spending my time? How am I um, living the life that God's given me? Mike, how would you answer the person who listens to all this and, and even thinks about that, that part on reflecting and be like, man, this sounds, 
this sounds dangerously close to just being really legalistic and being hard on myself for every little thing that I'm doing. You know, I, I can hear people maybe arguing against that. And I, I know what I would say. What, 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 are you, what are your thoughts on that? I think that we are people of grace. And I think that we just got to remember this over and over and over again. Our memory verse for this past weekend, it was um, Romans 6.14. It says, therefore, uh, sin shall have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Mm-hmm. Right? These, these resolutions, we're not talking about these to burden people and give them all of these new laws they have to obey. This is, this is actually, these are helping us remember what it looks like to live mm-hmm. in joy and in peace and in the love of the Lord. And so, man, I, I look through these and I say places in my life where I'm encouraged and I see places in my life where I need to shore up mm-hmm. and I need to repent. And, and I, I think every one of us should feel that way. Yeah. We, we shouldn't beat ourselves up. This is not a list of here's how you're saved and go to heaven. This is right. because of what Christ has done in his death and resurrection. You're now under grace. But you know what that does in the life of, of someone who believes? It spurs you on to godliness. It doesn't lead you to say, well, I guess I don't got to do anything for the Lord and I can just live however. No, no, that, that's not the result of the gospel. The gospel changes you. The spirit lives in you. That's right. gives you a yearning and a longing for the things of God. And so for that person, I would say, give yourself grace and, and lean, uh, lean into the, the, the things of God. Yeah. I, I hope by looking at these resolves of Jonathan Edwards, that you would be inspired to be a little more intentional. I think if we were to trace it back to just a single concept. I think it's intentionality. You and I are very intentional about how we spend our time, how we spend our days and our weeks. And because we're always trying to do the best we can for the people we love and we serve and for our God, we're always looking for ways to improve, but we have grace with ourselves. I'm like, okay, I didn't do it this week, but maybe next week because I'm paying attention, I can do a little better. And with this, I, I hope this inspires anyone who's listening to just be a little more intentional about your time because we're growing in this. This isn't a, it's, it's a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. God is sanctifying us and growing us and challenging us. And I hope that this would encourage you to just grow yeah, a little me, bit. I, I think I'll give a little illustration. I, 2020 was a, not a great year. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt unproductive in so many ways. I felt like I missed the boat. I, uh, goals and things I wanted to accomplish didn't happen. But I did a review this last week of, of everything I accomplished. And, and after I did that review, I, I shared some of it with you. I was like, man, I, by plotting, by doing little things, by being intentional, I accomplished a lot more than I realized. And I just kind of gave God glory for that and just praise like that. God, thank you for using what I felt like as a, a kind of a unproductive year in so many ways. He used that to, to grow me mm-hmm. and to mature me and to help me to accomplish certain things that I just was really thankful for. And I think that's what we're saying here is like, there's ups and downs that life's hard, but if you continue to stay the course, if you, if you are intentional and resolved, God will use that. Yeah. I like the idea of being intentional. And I like that last one that ends with the idea of just reflecting. Because if you don't reflect, I, I know sometimes people are scared to reflect because they're, they're scared to look at the ugliness of their lives. But here's the cool thing. You already said it. We have the gospel. That when we see the ugliness in our lives, we have a great savior who says, all right, now that you see it, let me do something with that. And God can and will deliver. You can't go any further until you know where you are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, Mike, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I look forward to next week as we continue uh, down this road. You want to pray for our listeners? Let's do it. 
Father, we resolve to live in light of eternity, not so that we can impress you, not so that you will accept us, but we want to live in light of eternity because you have already accepted us through Jesus and his death and resurrection. Father, we thank you that, that we are under grace. And so it's, it's no longer this, this, uh, this anxious, merit-based, gotta-do-better kind of mentality. Instead, it's this, this free rejoicing of intentional living because of your intentional love toward us. God, I pray that, that our listeners today would not be burdened, but instead they would be inspired. I pray that they would not be overwhelmed, but I st- instead I pray that they would be encouraged to, to simply take that next step, that, that they would take the intentional step with their time. Lord, I, I pray that that would mean some of us would stop doing certain things. I, I pray that it would mean we would start doing things that, that uh, reflect who you are and your great love for us. And Lord, I pray that as we do that this year, I pray when we come to the end of 2021, we're able to look back and give you glory and rejoice because of your faithfulness. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.